as many of you guys know, if you've been around a little bit, I share a lot of stories from my life. I've been married for 19 and a half years. Okay, um, next July will be 20. Sarah and I, um, we've, been, we've had an amazing blessing of God over our family life. And I can remember over 18 years ago now, um, Sarah and I had celebrated our one-year anniversary. Okay, we had celebrated one year. It was about a week after that, um, the, the first part of August. And Sarah, one night when I come home from work, she says, hey, Aaron, I think I'm going into labor. And I say, no, we've got another month here. And she said, no, I really feel like I'm going into labor. Um, and I was a young husband, okay, it was probably a jerk move, but I was like, you're fine, you're fine. And she's like, no, I need to go to the hospital. So we took her in and they said, no, I think you're okay, so go back home and if you're still having problems, come back in the morning. And so we did, we came back in the morning, Sarah was still having contractions. The doctor looks at me and he says, you're gonna be a dad today. And I start to argue with them, no, I'm not. I have one more month, okay? I was promised one more month, you guys, and so I have another month. And he, he's saying, young man, you need to listen to me. You're gonna be a father today, right? And, and so we go in this process. If you've had kids, you know, Sarah's in labor. She was in labor 24 hours. And, and so we get to the next morning. I mean, um, there was all of that. You know, she was, she was on medicine and all of that to try to um, get her to progress and, and things weren't progressing. And so the doctor came in about six the next morning and he said, hey, um, you know, it's been a long night. We want to give Sarah a little bit of rest. So go ahead and go out and grab some breakfast. My dad and my brother were there. He, he said, we won't do anything for the next hour or two. And then we'll kind of get things going again. And it should progress after that. And so I left and went to breakfast. And right after I left, the doctor came back in and said, hey, there's been some complications. We're rushing you into an emergency C-section. And Sarah said, I'm not having this baby without my husband, right? So no joke, my mom gets on the phone, starts calling every restaurant in Waxahachie. I'm looking for three Mexicans. You guys, we're in Texas. Every restaurant has three Mexicans in it, okay? So, so they're like yelling out. And I heard someone yell in our restaurant. Our waitress comes up. Hey, uh, there's three Mexicans. Like, anyone, you guys... Your wife's having a baby. And I said, yeah, that's me. And so we ended up paying for our bill and rushing right back to the hospital. We didn't even get to eat our breakfast. And, and right as I walked in there prepping Sarah like they had done almost all of it, they immediately go into the C-section. And just a few minutes later, I'm holding Josiah. And later that day, I'm, I'm carrying my brand new baby. You guys can see this picture up here of me holding Josiah. And then that's 18 years later, I'm still holding him. Not quite as little as he was. But I can remember on that first day, you know, that picture right there on the right and, and thinking, um, man, God, what a blessing. What an overwhelming responsibility as well that I'm going to shape this young child that you've placed in my life. And there's a responsibility as a parent to nurture him and to care for him and to help him be who God wants him to be. I remember thinking that even as a little baby, just one day old, I'm responsible to, to help Josiah know who God is and know what God wants for his life. And you fast forward about 12 years and Sarah and I had had more kids and we went through this process again when we're standing in front of a judge and God had blessed us with three other kids. You can see little Aiden there giving us a kiss and I'm standing in front of a judge committing that these three children, that I'm going to care for them, I'm going to protect them, that no longer will they be my foster kids, but now I've adopted them forever family, that they will forever be in our home and we'll take care of them and we'll help raise them and provide them. And once again, I'm standing in front of this judge, feeling this overwhelming sense, God, you're calling me to help make an impact in these kids' lives, Lord. 
And God, you've brought together in your wisdom, God, you've brought our family together so that I can help them become more like Christ. And what I've discovered in that process is that's what God is doing in my life. And in both of those instances, when Sarah and I have had kids, like whenever I've held him, whenever we were going through this process with our adoptive kids, I had that sense, God, you've done something special here in this moment. You've added to our family. And in our families, I started to think about this, and I want to give this to you guys this morning. I'm going to give you three simple things, and I promise this is going to be nothing profound. But if you'll grab hold of these statements, I believe they will change the way you view your family and what God wants to do inside of your family structure. Because, you guys, I don't know if you realize this, there are 7.6 billion people in the world. 7.6 billion, that's quite a bit of people. And Josiah could have been born to any family. He could have been born in another country, right, to, to other people, to another nationality. He could have been born in so many different situations, a different state at a different time. And yet God, in his infinite wisdom, said, I'm going to place Josiah in your home, Aaron and Sarah. I'm going to put him there because I see that's where the most benefit will be. And he did that on purpose. Church, I don't know if you've realized this, but you are in the family that you're in. You're in your family on purpose. And I just want you to grab hold of that this morning because so many times we don't stop and really think about that, right? Like we end up with our parents, we end up with our siblings, we end up with cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. We end up there, but we don't stop and think, God, you put me here on purpose. You had a reason in doing this, God. You knew what you were doing. Now I realize in a church of this size, there's probably some kickback there, right? And you're thinking, wait, God put me in my family on purpose. You don't know my family because my dad was an alcoholic, right? And maybe he was angry all the time and maybe he was verbally abusive. And you're telling me God put me there on purpose? Yeah, I'm telling you God put you in your family on purpose. And you may be saying, no, you don't understand. My parents got divorced at a young age and it caused some trauma in my life and it was difficult. And you're saying God put me in my family on purpose. Yes, I'm telling you, God put you in your family where he put you. He put you there on purpose. And we're going to see this in a moment, why God does this, what God is trying to do. See, I realize there is brokenness there. And I want you to hear me very clearly. God is not causing that brokenness, okay? God did not cause, if you come from an alcoholic home, for your father to be an alcoholic. Or if you come from a broken marriage home, God didn't cause that. But he has placed you there on purpose because there's something he wants to do through your life. And church, if you don't realize that, if you don't own that statement, you can't affect change. Students, I'm talking to you. Kids, I'm talking to you, right? You're not in the best home. You're not in a perfect home because every home has somewhat of dysfunction and somewhat of brokenness, but you're there for a reason. And if you don't own that idea, God, I am here on purpose, you can't change anything. You're gonna go through life with this idea of I'm just trying to make it through. I'm just trying to survive. And that's not why God has you there. He has you there for a reason. God placed you there on purpose because there's something he wants to do through you in your family life. Now, let me just pause here. The next few weeks as we talk about these things, this is not your opportunity if you're an empty nester to say, okay, whew, I raised my kids. They're out of the house. Like, this is good, right? I can check out for the next five weeks. Or there may be some of you and you're not married yet. Maybe you're a student or even a kid in this room and you're like, yes, this one's not for me, right? My parents need to listen to this. I hope they hear what Pastor Aaron says. No, I'm telling you, this is for every single person in the room. 
We're going to approach this thing from every side of what God wants our families to look like. And some of you, you're adults and you've never owned this statement. Some of you, you're grown up and you've never owned this idea. God, I have to deal with this idea that you put me in my family on purpose. And maybe there was brokenness there. But God, there's a reason you're trying to do something through my life towards other people. God, you're trying to do something inside of me towards others to make an impact. God, there's a reason you put me where I'm at. 7.6 billion people isn't just random chance, you guys. It's not just an accident that God has that individual there. When I look at our three kids that we adopted, the timing could have been off. They could have called a different agency, right? There could have been a different family member that had them. No, God in his divine wisdom said, Aaron and Sarah, I have something I want you to do in their life. And they're going to teach you something too. You're not just on the giving end of this. You're on the receiving. God put you in your family on purpose, church. And we've got to own that. And why does he do that? Why does he choose families, right? Like, why doesn't he just kind of, you see it in the animal kingdom, right? The deer kind of gets up, walks on its own, and within just a little bit of time, it's out on its own. Why 18 years? And I know for some of us, we wish it was a little shorter, right? Like, we're like, hey, go ahead and exit the house a little sooner. But, but why that time, right? Why does he put us in those houses? Why, do, why do grandparents and why cousins? Why all of this family unit? And I think there's a reason that we see in Scripture. And so if you have your Bible, we're going to look at these two specific verses today. Proverbs chapter 27. Verse 17, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, there is a Bible in the seat in front of you, and it's on page 316. And you can take that out, or you can take out your phone. You can take notes of these different things and, and write that down. Look at this verse right here. Love the book of Proverbs, 31 chapters, one chapter for each day of the month to give us wisdom of what God wants to speak. And these Proverbs are so powerful. Many times I just focus in on one and just try to think and reflect on it all day long. And this is what Proverbs chapter 27 verse 17 says this iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another what is that talking about what is the wisdom um, of Solomon and, and this writer right here trying to give us iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another maybe you've watched a cooking channel or a food channel I love watching those things right and then I always want to pop a bag of popcorn or get a bag of chips because I'm seeing them eat something and, and you've seen that chef right that master chef and as they're getting ready to cut what is it that they always do with the knives yep they sharpen them and usually they start to scrape them against each other now I was going to bring two knives up here on stage but I don't like the sound of metal scraping against metal, okay? And I know many of you guys are like that, right? It's annoying, so I didn't want to torture you by having that sound there. But it's kind of an odd thought whenever you think about it that you actually scrape iron against iron and it becomes sharper. That whenever those two objects actually hit each other and they rub up against each other and there's friction, right? And, and there's a little bit of that tension right there that whenever that takes place, the knife actually becomes better and more effective at what it's supposed to do. That whenever iron's rubbing up against iron, it becomes more effective at cutting and the purpose of that knife, what it was set out to do. So one man sharpens another. So that's why God in his infinite wisdom gave you the grandparents that you have. That's why he put you in that family unit. 
That's why he put you there is because he did that on purpose because he wants to do something. He knows there's something that happens whenever you get a group of people, different personalities, right? Different strong will, different kind of drive, different goals, all of those things. And you put them in a household unit together, right? And it may be frustrating at times. It may be difficult at times, but even some of that friction is what makes you better. It's what makes you stronger. Church, I want you to hear this. Part of where God has placed you is what makes you more effective for what it is that God wants you to do in your life. It was not an accident that you are there. And there's this design by God. There's something that God is doing inside of you that you have to grab, grab a hold of. And this is what I want you. I want you to write this down right here, this statement. I'm becoming more like Christ to help my family become more like Christ. Why does God put you in a family? Because iron sharpens iron. And I'm becoming more like Christ to help my family become more like Christ. Because there's something God is doing inside of me. There's something that God wants to take place inside of me. And the goal, parents, the goal is not just to help your kids survive those 18 years and you don't kill them, right? And they get out of the house and they're actually able to hold down a job and get their own place. That's not the purpose of families. The purpose of families is, is not that you just kind of make it through. Parents, it's not that your kids go to the right school, live in the right neighborhood, have the right clothes, the right friends, and somehow they'll be successful in their life. That's not why God has placed that child in your home. That's not why God placed you in that family. It's not for those reasons right there. Students in this room, you're not there just because you need someone to buy your clothes, okay? You're not there just because you need someone to cook your meals whenever you're young. That's not why you're there. You're there for this reason right here. I'm becoming more like Christ to help my family become more like Christ. That's why God has you there. You're affecting other people that God has placed around you in that family unit. And we have to redefine what it means to be a family. We're not just trying to get by. We're not just roommates living with each other. There's something God is trying to do inside of us. There's something that God wants to take place inside of us. I'm going to use these people as an illustration. I hope they don't mind. Heath and Lauren. I know you guys. I know a little bit of your story, right? And if we were to ask people around you, they may say, hey, it how you guys kind of got together is you were going through some difficult times, right? Like there was some stuff going on in your life. And so, and so maybe there were some similarities there that attracted her. Or maybe another person would say, hey, well, you guys had some mutual acquaintances. Like there were some things happening there and you got to know each other through, through friends. And to that, I would say, no, that's not what happened. And as I was praying about this message and I was thinking about you guys, I, I thought, Heath, God wanted to do something in your life. And he could have chose a ton of other women. And he looked at Lauren and he said, in order for Heath to become more like Christ, this is the person that I'm choosing to place in his life. This is who I want to bring as a partner with him, to, to encourage him, to challenge him, that you could become the most like Christ that you could be. He looked at Lauren and he said, that's what I'm going to use to develop what it is that I want to do inside of your life. Church, we're in this family unit. We're at where we're at because we're trying to become more like Christ so that we can help others around us become more like Christ. Peter, you're not here today because your parents fell in love, right? And you have all of these other siblings. And, and so um, they had you. That, that's not the reason why you're here. See, you're here. I look at your life and I think you're here because God wants to do something in Emma's life and your other siblings. 
there's something that God is doing inside of you that's going to affect your parents. And God's trying to help you become more and more like him because he wants your family to be more and more like him. And you guys, this isn't, this isn't just parents doing this to kids. This is students in this room. You need to hear this. God wants to do something in your life. He's not waiting till you become an adult. He's doing something inside of you right now. There's something that's happening in your life right now that God is doing that is changing and altering what he wants to do in your parents' life, in your grandparents, in your cousin's life. You're becoming more like Christ because he wants your family to become more like Christ. That's God's desire. This isn't about surviving a number of years trying to make it through, okay? This is about us affecting those around us. There's a reason God placed who he did around our lives and we're learning and we're growing together. That's our desire. And so what does this do? It changes the way that I interact with others. You guys, I don't show up at Thanksgiving thinking, oh crap, I gotta get through this annoying cousin again and I you know this brother-in-law or sister-in-law and they're going to do this stupid stuff no I realize God this is a divine moment like God this isn't an accident I could be in any other house right at anywhere else in any other state and yet you chose this family for some reason and yeah there's that cousin that annoys me right there's that person that always brings up the political stuff and always starts fight but for some reason God you've placed me here and Jesus, how am I becoming more like you to help those around me become more like you, God? There's a reason for that. You're in that marriage, you guys, for a reason. You're there, not by accident, right? Not because you accidentally fell in love. No, you're there for a reason. God did that on purpose. He gave you who he gave you for a specific purpose. And the question is, are you becoming more like Christ to help them become more like Christ? And is it changing your interactions? Is it changing the way that maybe you would get frustrated and now you're extending kindness, you're extending grace? Why? Because I'm trying to become more like Christ because I want my family to be more like Christ, you guys. And I realized this morning, I mean, this isn't what you pay counselors hundreds of dollars. I realize this is simple and this is basic church, but so many times we miss this. We miss it, you guys. And we forget that and we end up just living with people instead of really being a family and impacting their lives. You want to have a healthy family. You start looking at your life and saying, Jesus, how am I being like you towards my kids, towards my wife? towards my brother, towards my sister, towards my parents, towards my aunt and my uncle. God, how am I being an example of you? You start to live like that and it begins to change other people around you. Sarah and I have this powerful testimony of a sibling that she has who's far away from God. And whenever after all of these years she came back to Christ, it wasn't because we gave her a track. Okay, it wasn't because I stood up and preached the gospel and she heard it. It was year after year of her just saying, I just saw Jesus in you. Just the way that you loved me, the way that you cared for me. Even when I was going through so much junk in my life, you still called. You were concerned about me. How are you becoming like Christ to help your family become like Christ? That's what God has called you to. I want to give you one more thing as we get ready to close this. Just one more idea of what it means to be a healthy family. And this is found in Psalms chapter 90, verse 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, page 285. This is written by um, an Old Testament character named Moses. He's pretty well known. He was the guy who God used to part the Red Sea and was part of writing the Ten Commandments. Moses chapter um, 
90 of Psalms says this in verse 12. So God, teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. What is it that Moses is saying? What's he telling the people of God as he writes this down? And what's it, what is it that he's trying to convey? Now, he's not saying, hey, you should know that there are 365 days on a calendar, okay? He's, um, he's not telling you that um, you should know, like, how many days you're going to live. That's, that's not what he's saying. It's, he's talking about, do you understand the importance of the days that you live? God, teach us to number our days and that when we start to understand the impact of the days that we live and we see those things differently, it presents a heart of wisdom. That's a life that is lived in a wise way. And I started to think about this as, as it relates to family. And, and I simply just thought about this right here. This number, if you've been a parent, if you are a parent, 6,570. 6,570, you guys. That's the amount of time um, if your kid is in your house from the day that they're born until they turn 18 and move out. 6,570, right? That's how many days you're given. Once again, I know some of us want it to be a little bit sooner, right? Some of us, that may drag on a little bit later, and we're like, please exit the house now. Your 6,570 is up, okay? But, but that's what God has given us. You know, kind of that time frame, just looking at that. And that's how many days you have. You guys, a, a day seems insignificant. It comes and it goes, right? I mean, if you're in the back, you may have trouble seeing this, but I have a little purple um, circle candy up here, right? 6,570. And can I tell you what we do, what I've done so many oftentimes? I get busy, you guys. I get busy. And man, work just took away that day. And I'm tired, and when I get home, instead of numbering my days, I just turn on the TV, and, and I just need to veg out. I just need to, to rest and relax. You guys, I, after all, I have so many more. I have 6,507. Like, what's one? What's one of those? But, but one all of a sudden becomes more. And day after day, we've not numbered them, you guys. We've not numbered them. Man, maybe tomorrow. Hey, next week, next year, we'll go on that family vacation. Next, hey, in just, in just a few months, after this, after this project's done at work, then I'll invest in my family. No, God, teach me to number my days that I may present to you, God, a heart of wisdom. See, you want to have a healthy family, you intentionally invest in the people that God has placed around you. And you don't waste days. You don't look at days as a commodity. You don't look at them as something that can just kind of come and go. No, this is precious right here. What you hold in your hand every day that you're given with your kids, it's a precious commodity. Every moment that you have with the family members around you, it's a precious commodity. Teach me to number my days, God, that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. Students, kids, 2,940. 2,940. I know there are moments where you can't wait for that 2,941st day to be there where you're out on your own and you're like, I'm free, right? And you'll learn that freedom means paying bills, right? And taking care of yourself, it's hard. But you just want that freedom, right? 2,940 from the time that you enter your teenage years until you're probably gonna move out at 18. And what do you do? I gotta text friends. Probably never going to talk to him after high school. 
Never gonna communicate with them again, but they're more important than my parents. Video games, I gotta get that next level, you guys, right? And that day just went by eight hours, right? But I killed that alien. He knows who's the boss now, right? Students, kids, teach me to number my days that I may present to God a heart of wisdom. Do you get it, you guys? You intentionally invest in who God has placed around your life. It's not an accident. Our ki my kids and me, we have this discussion. God didn't put you in that other household. God didn't place you there. He placed you here. This is where God has you. And he has you here for a reason. And I know it's probably frustrating sometimes. And I know it's difficult at times. And I know it's hard at times. But you're here. God, teach me to number my days that I may present to you a heart of wisdom. See, church, that's what God is asking us to do. To be a healthy family, we have to be intentional about how we invest this. Church, I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe you're here and you've never owned that first statement that God I was placed in this family on purpose. And maybe it's frustrating. Maybe you've questioned God, and I understand that's okay. Of God, I came from an abusive past, and this was hard, and, and this was difficult. Why, why didn't I have it easy? Like, it seems like other people had it easy. God put you there on purpose. You went for that for a reason, you guys. I don't know the big picture. I can't see from God's perspective, but I want to tell you he's got a plan even in the midst of that brokenness, he has a plan. He wants to do something. And he's put you there so that you can become more like Christ, so that your family members may become more like Christ. He's put some of you guys, you, you grew up in broken situations because God knew he was going to do something through your life and he needed others around you to be impacted. And I know it was hard and I know it was messy and it was difficult. And I wish we lived in a perfect world where, where everyone just had it easy. But we live in a broken world. But God wants to take your brokenness. And he wants to begin to restore and rebuild your family. And he wants extended family members that maybe you thought were lost. But because of what Christ has done in your life. Now all of a sudden they're becoming more like Christ. They're becoming more like Christ. And God wants you to look at your days, church, differently than the world looks at their days. He doesn't want you throwing them away. He doesn't want you consumed with everything else and you miss who God has placed right around you. Families are breaking apart. Statistics that I've read said the average family spends less than 36 minutes together. Parents have less than eight minutes of meaningful conversations with their kids a week. We're not intentional about who God has placed right around us. And the word of God says, teach me to number my days. Church, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how broken your family was or maybe it was a good picture of what Christ wants it to be and what it was like. But I know God put you there on purpose. And I know God has a plan even in the midst of that brokenness to use you to impact others that God has placed around you. We're gonna talk about that one of these weeks about creating that new legacy of what God is doing, shifting your family legacy into what God wants it to be. You're not gonna wanna miss these, but we're gonna start right here. God, help us to begin to build this foundation of healthy families, to realize that I am where I am on purpose, God, and that you're calling me to impact others, God, and be intentional with others.